Hey, this is your host Andres, and I welcome you to Where Are You Listening? An exploration of blackness in the songs we love. Quiero contarle, mi mano, un pedacito de la historia negra, de la historia nuestra, caballero, y dice así. Where You Listening is a series of the Mixtape Podcast which aims to center the contribution of black people and culture across Latin America and its diaspora through dance and music. Today, we'll be listening to Rebellion, Rebellion by Joy Arroyo. If you're a dancer of Afro-Latin rhythms in pretty much any country, I would bet good money that you have danced to this song more than once, either socially or in a performance, or both, like me. The reason why I'm so sure you must have heard this song is that Rebellion is not only Joy Arroyo's most internationally known song, it's arguably one of the most famous salsa songs, and well deserved, because Rebellion is not only a musical analytical gem, it's also a dancer's delight. We talked briefly about Rebellion before in the podcast. We mentioned it in the intro of our first season track, La Negra Tiene Tumbao, Side B, and if you have been following the Were You Listening series, you know that I committed to doing an episode about Rebellion back in track 7 of the series, where we listened to La Quiero Negra, another gem by Joy Arroyo. Given how important this song is, you may be wondering, why did Andres wait until track number 18 of the series to create an episode about Rebellion? Well, the truth is, I wanted to use Rebellion for an important celebration. And here it is. As you know, I've been in a very fulfilling journey collecting Afro-Latin songs that talk about blackness in the Americas, both the beauty and the pride, but also the perils and the racism. And I've been putting all of these songs in our main mixtape playlist on Spotify. You can find a link to it in our bio on Instagram or in our website. When we started, at the beginning of the podcast, we had a humble 50 songs we knew. Today, about a year and a half later, we celebrate that our playlist has now more than a thousand songs talking about blackness in all sorts of Afro-Latin rhythms. Salsa, samba, timba, merengue, tango, bossa nova, marinera, bachata, landó, guaguancó, Colombia, cha-cha-cha, bomba, cumbia, samacueca, bullerengue, son, reggae, salsa choque, festejo, champeta, bolero, changui, fajó, reggaeton, son palenquero, and many more. Ain't that something special? Help us celebrate and spread the word by checking out the playlist, giving it a like, and recommending it to those who you think would like it. Okay, now that we know what it is we're celebrating, let's go back to the episode. And for that, let's first introduce El Joy. Álvaro José Arroyo, known as Joy Arroyo, was an Afro-Colombian singer-songwriter born in 1955 in a poor household in Cartagena, a port city in the Caribbean coast of Colombia. A talented voice since early on, he gained true national notoriety when he joined the salsa band Fruco y Sus Tesos, with whom he spent about 10 years before launching his own band called La Verdad, The Truth. Interestingly, 
Joy had a fascination for the knight, which not only inspired his writing, but also earned him one of his nicknames, Centurion de la Noche, Centurion of the Night. If you're curious about Joy's life, check the interview in our sources, or wait until next year when a biopic movie about his life will be released, and it will be called, no surprise, Rebellion. Joy Arroyo was one of those composers, just like Tite Curet in Puerto Rico, who used their songs to convey messages of social reflection and, in particular, critical messages about the lives of black Latin Americans. In fact, many argue Rebellion was partially inspired by the song Plantación Adentro, Deep in the Plantation by Tite Curet. But that's not all of Rebellion's history. Stay with me and you'll find out more as we listen to the song. In Rebellion, El Joe takes us from the nameless sorrow of slavery in general to the specific pain and ultimate rebellion of a black enslaved man sparked by the desire to protect his partner. Let's listen. Quiero contarle, mi mano, un pedacito de la historia negra, de la historia nuestra, caballero, y dice así. For this celebratory episode, I decided to bring on board a fervent fan of El Joy to recite the lyrics of the song and to reflect at the end of the episode. This fervent fan is Eduardo Encapier, also known as my father. He is a retired industrial engineer born in Santa Marta in the Caribbean coast of Colombia. What's up, Dad? Quiero contarle, mi hermano, un pedacito de la historia negra, de la historia nuestra, caballero. Y dice así. I want to tell you, my brother, a little piece of black history, of our history, gentlemen. And it goes like this. I really like this initial message, because Joe establishes from the very beginning that the song is directly inspired by black history. I reckon the second part of this message, when he says, de la historia nuestra, of our history, admits two interpretations. On the one hand, historia nuestra could still refer to black history. And in that sense, the expression conveys a certain sense of pride. This is our history. On the other, Historia Nuestra could be referring to our Colombian history. And under this interpretation, El Joy correctly affirms that black history is most definitely an important part of Colombian history. I think I like both interpretations. En los años 1600 En los años 1600, cuando el tirano mandó, las calles de Cartagena, aquella historia vivió. In the 1600s, when the tyrant ruled the streets of Cartagena, that story took place. The city with the name of Cartagena de Indias, Cartagena of Indies, located in the Caribbean coast of Colombia, came to be in 1553 on the hands of the ruthless Spanish colonizer Pedro de Heredia. However, the region was already inhabited by the Calamari indigenous peoples who worshipped the sun and to a lesser extent the moon. In Pedro de Heredia, Cartagena-born historian Francisco Muñoz does not see a heroic adventurer as he is sometimes presented. In a BBC interview, Francisco Muñoz affirms that, I quote, in reality, 
Pedro de Heredia was a tried and pursued murderer that arrived in the city ready to exterminate his people. End quote. During the Spanish colonial years, Cartagena became a strategic port and a point of defense. In fact, the historical colonial center of the city is known as La Ciudad Amurallada, the walled city, due to the 11 kilometers long wall that encircles it, built with the labor of enslaved black people. In the words of Afro-Colombian physician, anthropologist, and writer Manuel Zapata Olivella, I quote, Cartagena's walls were built by whip black men. However, black people carried more than bricks, they carried culture. Cartagena is a mulatto city not due to its ethnic characteristics, but due to its cultural configuration. The most salient cultural traits in the Costeño people, the people from the coast, are those of black people. Costeño people are happy, they are dancers, and they are musical." End quote. Today, Cartagena has a population of a little over 1 million people, with about 35% of them self-identifying as black or Afro-descended. However, the scars from the past still haunt the city. While Cartagena is one of the most important touristic destinations of Colombia, according to a 2017 study by the Central Bank of Colombia, the maps of poverty in the city coincide with the location of its black and Afro-descendant population. llegaban esos negreros africanos que en cadenas pesaban mi tierra, esclavitud perpetua, esclavitud perpetua, esclavitud perpetua. As those ships of enslaved black people arrived here, Africans in chains kissed my motherland. Perpetual slavery, perpetual slavery, perpetual slavery. Unsurprisingly, because of its strategic location, Cartagena became one of the most important ports for the traffic of African captives for slavery. By some accounts, tens of thousands and possibly hundreds of thousands of black captives were traded in the city. In the words of Idelfonso Gutierrez Azopardo in his article The Trade and the Market of Black Slaves in Cartagena de Indias, I quote, From its very inception to the abolition of slavery in Colombia, Cartagena was intimately connected to the history of the trade of black slaves in the new continent, and it even became at some point the first port of admission for black slaves in America. During two centuries, the trade and the market of slaves was for Cartagena one of the main activities, at some point even absorbing the economic and social life of the city. In the words of Mark Q. Sawyer in his article Joy Arroyo, Salsa and Negritude, Joy's lyrics here, I quote, express the contradiction of being glad to be on dry land, but with the despair of their perpetual slavery. Un matrimonio africano, esclavos de un español, él les daba muy maltrato y a su negra le pegó. 
an African married couple, enslaved by a Spaniard, who treated them very badly, and the Spaniard hit the black woman. Joy moves from the general to the specific. He puts a face to the sorrow and the pain by introducing the concrete depiction of an enslaved African couple. He also makes explicit mention of the terrible treatment that the couple receives from their Spaniard enslaver, which is important because the cruelty and the barbarity of the enslavers is often obscure as part of the miscegenation myth of creation of many Latin American countries, Colombia included. I wouldn't be surprised in the tiniest bit if a good chunk of the wealth currently existing in Cartagena and in Colombia in general had been originally accumulated by whites and white mestizos as a product of the institution of slavery. Fue allí, se reveló el negro guapo, tomó venganza por su amor, y aún se escucha en la verja, no le pegue a mi negra. And it was right there and then, the brave black man rebelled, avenged his love, and you can still hear it at the gate, do not hit my black woman. The lyrics suggest that the black man, who had likely endured himself beatings at the hands of the enslaver, could not take the tyrant beating his wife. In this sense, the lyrics offer a straightforward display of deep black love. The black man, the partner of the black woman, rebels and is ready to risk his life to defend his loved one. From here, we move into the call and response part of the song with its signature phrase, no le pegue a la negra, don't hit the black woman, which is possibly even more known than the title of the song itself. No le pegue a la negra, esa negra se me respeta, aún se escucha en la verja, no le pegue a la negra, no le pegue a la jefa. Listen man, don't hit the black woman. Listen, you better respect my black woman. You can still hear her at the gate. Do not hit the black woman. Do not hit my wife. Beyond the straightforward interpretation of these lyrics as a display of black love, the work of Marcus Sawyer also suggests a trace of patriarchal attitude in that, I quote, the black woman has no voice in the song and is protected by men. The master, in a sense, has emasculated the black male by his actions, end quote. Que le pega a Jeva 
no le pegue a la negra porque el alma se me revienta, no le pegue a la negra porque el alma se me agita, mi prieta, no le pegue a la negra. Abuser who hits my wife, do not hit the black woman, because my soul explodes in rage. Do not hit the black woman, because my soul gets agitated. Do not hit the black woman. Interestingly, Joy has a second song titled Blanco y Negro, Black and White, released in 1997 in which he revisits the theme of slavery and its cruelties. Until the research for this episode, I had no idea about this sibling song of Rebellion. El chombo lo sabe, y tú también, no le pegue a la negra. El chombo knows it, and so do you. Do not hit the black woman. This one's a little wink to Joe's father, who used to be called El Chombo. Okay, since you did stick with me this far into the episode, I will tell you the rest of the story about Rebellion. The original version of Rebellion appeared in a 1978 album by Colombian singer Roberto José Urquijo, also known as Joy, eight years before Joy Arroyo's 1986 version. Joy Urquijo's version, which appeared under the name of El Mulato, was in fact a favor that Joy Arroyo did for Joy Urquijo. Check it out! In a 2020 episode of the Colombian National Radio podcast, Joey Urquijo himself revealed that back then, he asked his friend Joy Arroyo whether Joy Arroyo had any new songs that Urquijo could record with his band named Robert y su banda. Joy Arroyo gave his friend Joy Urquijo three songs, including El Mulato. However, at that time, Joy Arroyo was part of the salsa band Fruco y sus Tesos and was under contract with music label Discos Fuentes. Joey Urquijo, on the other hand, was under contract with competing label Codiscos. So to avoid legal issues with his label, Joey Arroyo wrote the credits of the song El Mulato as though it had been written by Joey's then-wife Adela Martelo de Arroyo. Why did Joey decide to plagiarize himself later? That, I don't know. What we know from Joey Urquijo's interview is that before Joey Arroyo decided to rearrange the song El Mulato, change his title to better match the lyrics and make it a hit in Colombia and in the world, he had seen the song El Mulato become a hit in Peru with the band of Joy Orquijo. Regardless of the reason why he decided to plagiarize himself, we are very thankful that he did so. To finish this episode, with which we celebrate that our playlist of Afro-Latin songs has reached a thousand songs, I want to remind you to follow the playlist on Spotify and indulge in some really, really great musical blackness. I also want to share with you a reflection that my dad wrote about Rebellion. To listen to Rebellion by El Joy is tantamount to evoking that part of Latin American history referring to the abrupt arrival of enslaved Africans, brought to lands far away from their own, knowing nothing about where they were going or about their destiny. The only things that seem familiar to them 
where the sun, the ground, and the water. A heartbreaking way of arriving anywhere without having any idea about what future they were going to be part of. The American continent, however, received, embraced, and integrated them. Currently, La Africania, in other words, the Afro-descendants and their culture is an important part of the Latin American population, specifically the amalgamated music of this region, which became a symbol of Latin America, distinctively displays the joy, the happiness, and the ways of communication of the Africania. Oh, I love this reflection. Thank you so much, Dad, for this really nice reflection and for helping me out with the construction of this episode. I love you. And to our listeners, thank you so much for traveling with us in this journey of love for our black people. I wish you happy 2021 holidays and a very, very happy new year 2022. Stay with us. We'll see you next year. Thanks for listening to today's episode. To hear today's song or other songs featured on our Were You Listening series, check out the Were You Listening playlist, which can be found at our website, tarheels.live slash mixtape podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at mixtape.podcast, as well as Twitter and YouTube, which are easily accessed through our website. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications for our posts. Thanks for listening. This is Mixtape.